right, what is going on, guys? It is time for another episode of the Chasing Waypoints podcast, and we are back. It is another Sunday morning. It is bright and early, 5 a.m. as I am recording this. It's been a challenging uh, week, actually. But, uh, yeah. Anyway, here we are with another episode of the Chasing Waypoints podcast, and today we are going to be doing some more rally updates. And then, of course... As they say, the granddaddy of them all. The Baja 1000 coming up and coming in hot. A lot of the teams uh, making their way down the peninsula. This has actually been kind of an interesting one, considering that it's running backwards. So we'll talk a little bit about that in today's show. Talk about some of the future guests who we've got planned lined up. Some of the ones we haven't been able to make happen yet because of the Baja 1000. And uh, we'll talk Friday adventures. So... Anyway, how's everybody doing? How's everybody been riding? You guys out doing some road books? Southern California woke up this morning, let the dog out, and uh, it's a little chilly. It's time to get that uh, cold weather riding gear out for California, as everybody that listens to this show from parts where it actually snows and where it's actually cold is laughing. <laughs> California boys. Well, I mean, it's the truth. I mean, if it dips into anything with a four in front of it here in San Diego, uh, California or the West Coast, for that matter, I don't know about Seattle and Washington, but at least here in Southern California, if it dips into the 40s, it is absolutely freezing. This is insane. We pay way too much to live here. The taxes here are way too high. We should not have to experience this kind of temperatures. This is ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. I'm writing a letter to the Homeowners Association. I think that'll solve it. Complain. Anyway, all right, let's get the party started. Turn this down. Right, the other way around. It was actually kind of cool. I was talking to Lizzie and Jeff on my way to Vegas this Friday, and they said it. It's the party. I'm going to turn the party down a little bit. I am also caffeinating at the same time that as I am recording this. So if you guys hear any uh, pauses, that's uh, that's me getting the caffeine in because, well, it's it's way too early in the morning. But we are making it happen. All right. First and foremost, before we go too far into it, if you guys heard last week's episode, you heard and we talked about School of Moto and Willem Avenant Racing teaming up together in Delta, Colorado, putting together a rally school for the beginner guys. And by beginner guys, I mean us. So I have got the dates. I'm going to pull those up for you guys right now. If you guys haven't already, head over to School of Moto for all of the details and to get registered because that is up. And I am hearing that there are already people uh, making plans, headed out and making it... uh, Making it happen. So I would be on it. All right. Let's take a look at the website. Once again, it's School of Moto, and that's S K O O L of Moto.com. And let's see here. Scrolling on down. Let's see if we have got what classes we've got lined up. Small group sessions. Rally school is up and ready to go. May 17th through the 19th in Delta, Colorado at the School of Moto. Uh, check out the details on the on the website. Uh, they are going to have, let's see, it is, pricing is up. There is a $200 deposit that is due. Uh, 
uh, in full uh, by March 15, 2024. So check it out. Uh, it includes camping for two nights, two and a half days of roadbook training and two days of rally nav- with two days of rally navigation, personal coaching and catered dinner on Saturday night. So very, very nice. This is a dude. This is legit. Okay. So, uh, as gnarly Dave has affectionately dubbed him, I am adventure taco and my dad, Papa taco, uh, is down in San Felipe right now and they're working their way back up here shortly. But when he gets back, uh, this is going to be the talk May 17th through 19th in Delta, Colorado. I already looked it up. It's 12 hours away from San Diego. So, I'm thinking throw the bike in the trailer all set up and ready to go because it looks like it'll be camping, which uh, not a problem. Uh, and then also uh, got to figure out, tow it up there, get the bike up there, do all of that. This would be really rad. So if you haven't hung out with these two or been to any of the Baja Rally events uh, last year with Will Mamanen there, the year before, I believe he was racing it. Uh, this year was part of the staff. And then also Donnie is also, uh, one of the longtime moto medics that rides the rally event, chasing all of those guys around, uh, making sure they're, uh, you know, they're doing okay. Um, and then this time around, uh, which was pretty cool. Baja rally started this thing, uh, where at the end of the stages, you know, they're just running through some basic questions with the riders on a more official side of things and just checking in on them checking you know how how cognizant they are uh motor functions that kind of thing just basics right and um you know this is you know the safety thing has been a huge thing in the part of rally uh especially uh as of late you know we've had a few incidents um and it just happens you know the 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 unknown that we ride through or that competitors ride through it can be can be challenging uh there are things that are not marked uh you know there's if if you guys have raced score or any of the other like kind of hare and hound races and things like that usually there's course markings so there's a physical marker when there's something there um that is not the case with rally the roadbook actually says it um uh, which i feel like the roadbook has more detail in that sense than just having some arrows in the middle of nowhere uh, planted into the ground, especially if it gets ran over or if it gets taken out or whatever it is. Um, you know, it's, it's the same thing. Uh, you could be coming up on a danger, uh, and you are a few meters off and you may not even see it. You may be one line off and the bush is covering it from the line you're on. So if you have a road book, at least in the road book, you're seeing that, Hey, you know, I know that somewhere up here where I'm at is going to have a danger in it. Uh, so I need to watch out for that. So that is very, very crucial uh, when it comes to it. You still got to ride what you can see. Uh, but that even in, in Baja and any of the other races is the same thing. You still got to ride what you can see. So anyway, a uh, little bit of a offshoot there. But uh, that's what uh, Donnie was up to this. And of, and of course, snapping some pictures of the guys uh, early in the morning as they left uh, before they made it back to the finish line. So Anyway, it's always a great time hanging out with those two. So I hope uh, to see everybody out there at the School of Moto uh, Rally School coming up on May 17th and May 17th through the 19th in Delta, Colorado. So check it out. Once again, schoolofmoto.com is their website. That is S-K-O-O-L of moto.com. So check that one out. Get uh, get some information. All right. Let's talk about the next topic. Let's look it up. 
because this has been posing some challenges. I've been seeing this. My brother's actually going to be racing this. Uh, he has teamed up with the Cognito uh, UTV team, and they are going to be uh, racing up the peninsula. So normally they're racing down the peninsula. That is how it has been for years and years and years and years. Leaving Ensenada all the way down to Cabo San Lucas or La Paz. This time around, we're turning it around and headed back the other way, November 13th through the 18th. So that is already coming up in two weeks. A lot of teams already headed out, going to start doing their pre-running. Uh, I know my brother's going to be doing the pre-running the week before or something, something or other. I got to catch up with him on that one. Uh, but he is definitely looking at that. So let's see here. That has been kind of a challenge is, is that now that everything is backwards, right? Tech contingency, everything is going to be held at the southern part of the peninsula. A lot of the teams are going to have to drive all the way down there and then come back up. Which is kind of interesting. This has put it a little bit more along the lines of rallies. Rallies typically, especially here in North America, you have Sonora Rally, you have Baja Rally, uh, and the uh, coming up, we've talked about a few different rallies, but you've got Battleborn Rally now that's coming up. Um, you also have the Kotar Rally. I had a chance to talk to Mike Graves the other day. Uh, it's looking like uh, 2024 for the next rendition of the Kotar Rally. So uh, we'll have more details on that as they become available. I think that we are definitely, at least the Baja 1000 this time around, is a little bit closer to what a rally raid would typically do. Rally raid, you don't have a lot going on until the week of the rally as far as riding goes. Preparation, getting the bike ready, doing all this stuff, doing your shakedowns, doing some practice road books, things like that just to stay sharp. Of course, that comes in handy. Of course, that's what's being done beforehand. But a lot of these guys race and practice anyway before it comes time to the actual event. Then you have the pre-running, which is a big no-no in Baja and, or I shouldn't say in Baja, I was going to say Baja rally, but in actually in rally in general, there is no way of pre-running. The best you're going to get is maybe a prologue stage where you can go do some shakedown stuff to see some of the local terrain if it even ventures out that far. So for those of you playing the home game, prologue is generally a qualifying. So a lot of uh, events will use that to qualify and decide the official stage one starting order in some more recent events, they've actually started combining those times to help avoid people sandbagging in the prologue to make sure they get a favorable starting position in the actual main event or the start of the the rally in stage one. Typically, stage one would be the first day to score points, score time uh, on the rally. And now they're actually doing a couple different things. I've heard of multipliers. Uh, going on in the prologue. So for those, again, playing the home game, it's basically a prologue is generally qualifying um, in some cases. A lot of events have moved away from that. I know Baja Rally has moved away from that. Uh, I believe Sonora Rally hasn't done that uh, in some time. I'd have to go back and check the facts on that one. We are still waiting to hear from uh, Darren and the team over at Sonora Rally to find out a little bit more about the dates coming up. I know it has been uh, a challenging uh, season, especially after the last uh, W2RC round uh, that was there. There was a lot of a absolute lot of work. It is, if I could say, at least double what it was uh, when it came from being the normal event to what it is now. So uh, or the normal event to becoming a world round. And then uh, this year, it, I'm in agreement with it is going back to the roots and sticking to Sonora Rally as it is, being its great event, not changing the recipe. So we're looking for an update from them, uh, which will be coming soon, I hope. 
but we will see. We'll keep you guys up to date on that one. But anyway, so back to the Baja 1000. So that is getting getting ready to get kicked off. A lot of the teams are having to go down, which is something kind of interesting that score has done um, by doing this. A lot of the teams are now basically going to spend the full week down and on the peninsula pre-running as the race comes to them or a couple of days before as the race comes up to them. So this is going to be interesting uh, to see how that turns out. I don't know how many of the teams are going to be doing full laps uh, on this. Of course, the trophy truck teams are, are going to be doing stuff like that because, well, for them, not only is it dangerous with the speeds that they have to carry and the competitiveness of it, it's just the fact that it is a very heavy vehicle and they are doing speeds that are generally not approved of anywhere in the world over the terrain that they see. Um, so when you measure travel in feet or have the ability to measure in feet, you know, it's, it's like the, uh, it's like when you have a kid now I'm venturing into uncharted territory. I don't have kids, but we know, right? Parents, people usually, Oh, how old is your kid? Oh, he is exactly 20 months old. Can you believe it? Oh, you mean he's almost two years old? Yeah. So that's the reference I'm using a lot of people. So for the the trophy trucks to be able to measure, legitly measure their wheel travel, the amount of travel that the wheel will actually move up and down uh, at, you know, three feet is absolutely crazy if not more now and now now imagine this that is with a 39 inch tall tire if that's even what they're still running because i heard rumors that they were going into the 40s so i don't know that is absolutely crazy uh to be able to legitly measure your wheel travel in feet rather than you know i remember from the 1600 days all of us uh how much uh how much rear wheel travel do you have oh you know you Seven, 17 and a half, you know, uh, and that's max in the CV angle, 17 and a half. Okay. Well, that's, a, oh, you mean a, like a, a little over a foot and a half maybe, or close to a foot and a half, you know, it doesn't sound as impressive as 18 inches. So yeah. Anyway, that is what's going on over there. Baja 1000 getting ready to get started. All of those guys have been coming up. I did see a post from Mark Samuels on the Honda uh, which I had a message. Uh, I sent a message over to one of the Honda team members. Um, like, are you guys going to get one of these bikes? I want to see one of these bikes. I want to see what you guys do on one of these bikes. It was absolutely the cleanest Honda I've seen in a very, very long time. Um, I And then, then again, I haven't seen the stuff uh, like bike posts uh, coming out of JCR, which uh, I know uh, they have to exist out there. Maybe I haven't seen them enough, but uh, I know that Preston Campbell's on one racing the Heron Hound stuff like that. Um, you know, I wonder if, uh, Johnny would get Preston in on some, uh, rally rally stuff. Hmm. If there's a, um, an interest there. So anyway, so we have that one. Um, let's see. So the, yeah, the SLR Honda, uh, from Mark Samuels is absolutely clean bike. It looked fast just sitting on the stand. Uh, so they're getting ready for that. If I remember correctly, they are looking to complete the entire peninsula run in 18 and a half hours. So 18 and a half hours for what I believe is a little under 1300 miles is what they're planning on racing on the way up. Interesting enough, the first part of the course, the leading up part of the course, while there may be some, some rough stuff, some silt beds and things like that, uh, majority of that is going to be quick. It's the last part, that second half, that when they get up into Baja California Norte, 
uh, or Baja California, they're going to uh, get into the rougher stuff a little bit more of the home field for a lot of these guys. But that does not mean that the terrain is any easier. Uh, They will at least be more familiar with it. That's going to be the strategy. The how many of the riders are fresh for that one if they've been doing stints previously leading up to. I know a lot of the teams, um, some of the teams at least, you know, there there are four, five, and six riders uh, on the team to make it happen across the peninsula. Interesting enough, I saw a post yesterday from Colton Udall, uh, which is really cool. I, I admire Colton on his ability to ride very long distances at very, very competitive speeds, uh, which means to me is he's he's riding very, very efficiently. So. I still haven't done it. I've been saying it. I got to get up there. I want to get uh, some riding in with them and some coaching from them. Because, I mean, for me, starting up on the skinny bike thing and and getting used to that. And it's kind of weird having a bike so light. You just feel like it wants to wash out. Or at least I feel I assume that it's going to want to wash out, that it's going to want to do these things. And I just but it's only because I'm not used to it. A big ass adventure bike. You don't push them hard enough, uh, at least unless you're Quinn Cody uh, or some of these other guys, if they were Paul Torres, um, you know, you don't, you don't really push them that much. So it'll be interesting to see. Anyway, Colton Udall uh, and Derek Osbauer doing that one, uh, doing that peninsula run uh, two man team, basically splitting it down the middle uh, and, you know, obviously putting in the work. So that was very, very impressive, very impressive ride. Uh, Still congratulations to them. Even just the fact that they were able to do it with two riders rather than a football squad. um, You know, that's the, that's the thing. I wonder how they do tryouts for some of these teams with 10 riders. Hmm. Well, anyway, uh, so yeah, so anyway, that is coming in Baja 1000 going to be coming in the SLR team. And I think uh, I got to say, I do have to say hats off to Andy Kirker for pulling it together. Uh, and again, they've got some serious money. If I remember correctly, it's about $20,000 in money for the guys in the moto class. So uh, you got to check that one out. I think it is going to be competitive. I am going to see about doing some uh, some updates, maybe getting you guys uh, some information as much as I can follow along. I do work on Thursday, so it is going to be a little bit tough. And then Friday, uh, as Friday comes around, uh, these guys are already going to be, I mean, basically if they take off, uh, if they leave La Paz, um, say what at, uh, three in the morning, three in the afternoon, they're already been racing three or 12 hours. Uh, so 5 AM on Friday is about what Mark Samuels is thinking about, uh, or about 6 AM. Between 6 and 8 a.m. is what uh, Mark Samuels is predicting on Friday to be in Ensenada uh, looking for breakfast. That's pretty crazy. So we'll see. We'll see how it shakes down. I don't know the uh, start times yet. I haven't looked at that one. Uh, maybe we'll get a quick second to talk with Andy Kirker about the last ones. I did see they got a real bitchin' looking bottle of uh, tequila uh, for the competitors, which is absolutely awesome. Uh, but yeah, we'll see what, uh, what shakes loose on that one. We'll get you guys updates as they come across. Uh, as I can do it, the score international score dash international.com websites got the information. If you guys want to check that out, uh, they will have also, you'll be able to get in there and look at the live tracking and do that as the race starts, uh, on Thursday. So that is that one. Okay. Rally school Baja 1000 done and check. Let's see what else do we got going on? Oh yeah. Road trip. So Friday I had a chance to, 
uh, head up north to Vegas to Happy Land Ranch. I don't know where I don't see two years ago. So Happy Dave and I were talking about this. Um, it was two years ago that we did the or that they did the Mason Klein fundraiser uh, up there. And it had been, I, it's already been two years. And so Happy Dave does books right around in that area, uh, leaving his his home and heading out into the deserts in that. So it was, I think it was the Happy Ranch Rally or Happy Land Ranch Rally, something like that. They, there was a whole name that we came up with. But anyway, in Las Vegas, got a chance to meet up with Mr. David Pearson after the Baja Rally. We were talking a little bit. Uh, and working on his bike, we were doing some suspension stuff. So that was pretty cool and, and just kind of hanging out. And that was though, that was a trip though. I'm not going <laughs> to, I'm not going to lie. So we did, uh, I did, it was 700. I did the math on it because first of all, I was impressed with the gas mileage in my car on the way back. I, not so much because I was in a little more of a hurry to make it back to zip tie racing. But uh, yeah, I definitely got to say uh, 755 miles on one tank. I was impressed. I was like, wow, okay, I'm okay with this. Actually, it might have been a little bit more because I still I showed up here smelling of diesel. Uh, and then somehow with that same smell of diesel, I was able to make it back to the gas station, which is about six miles from my house. Uh, so that wasn't bad. Uh, but anyway, yeah, so same day up and back uh, 700 plus miles. Uh, but it was really good. I had a great time, you know, we're up there hanging out, trying to figure out, get the bike set up, getting clean, torquing stuff down, you know, doing that. So, uh, that was good. Got to lay eyes on the new toy hauler or, or van conversion for, uh, for Mr. Pearson. That thing looking rad. Um, very, very thought up. Uh, we'll get, uh, I'll try and get some more info from the guys that did it. Um, cause that was really solid. I've, you know, Future me says, you know, that would be rad to have a van like that instead of have, you know, a trailer that I got to tow. But then I think about, you know, well, we're in California, which means everything's got to be insured. And then, you know, it's uh, extremely high insurance prices. And then, ooh, you pick the gray one with tires on it. Oh, yeah, that's definitely double the insurance. Um, so, uh, you know, California problems. I keep saying this, but maybe I need to, like, move to some other state. I don't know. I don't even know if it's that better. I guess you got to you. It's it's like uh, it's like real estate. If you really, really, really want to make some money, you got to buy a house in the less desirable part of town, knowing that that is going to become the desirable part of town within the next few years. So then that way you get a really good deal on it. Everybody looks at you like you're crazy when you're trying to buy it. But then a few years later, they're going, "Ah, man, I wish I would have bought it back when it was like this. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so we were able to do that and then uh, headed back down. I was trying to make it back. So I am going to venture into the land of mooses. I've been able to, uh, with the help of Gnarly Day, was able to score a few mooses. Uh, and, <clears throat> excuse me, um, So oh, hydration break. So was able to score some mooses, going to venture into that land. Um, and the only way to do it, I, in my, in my mind, right, is obviously a tire changing tool, uh, something that's designed for that. Um, and then more importantly is what are we going to use, uh, for lube on that? Because mooses disintegrate at warp speed when they are not properly lubricated. And that is a whole like 
that is a whole thing. So anyway, on the way back, got a chance to stop over at uh, Ty Davis's place, Zip Tie Racing. If you guys don't know, we had him on the show a while back ago with the Adelanto Grand Prix. Uh, but also, um, we've we've talked a couple of different times, have purchased different things from him. Uh, it is he's always a wealth of knowledge. It's always a great conversation. And and we learned a lot. We talked about that. You know, what were the different uh, moose compounds, things that you can use um, to get, you know, to obviously to make the uh, moose last longer, uh, making the mounting easier, you know, how to how to basically set it up. Right. So you don't wipe all of the lube off of the tube when it goes in uh, or the moose. A lot of little things. But anyway, so we talked about that. Um, the compound that he uses is water soluble. That is, it's like a tire, tire soap, which I like, right. I, you know, I get, you know, the oil and putting, you know, that, uh, like a lube on there, um, which is, is supposed to work, but many people have used this, uh, and it works great. Um, and the fact that once it, even if it gets all messy, scrub it, whatever, hose it off. And then ta-da, you've got, you know, a shiny clean tire, you don't have a bunch of crap in the garage. You don't have to lay out, you know, um, Tyvex or anything like that. You know, plastic sheathing so that when you're all done, your garage floor is not all, you know, messed up, oily, slick, grease stains everywhere, that kind of thing. So definitely uh, looking forward to that. I also I did not know this, but his tire spoons that he makes um are pretty gnarly. I found out a little bit more about the recipe and how they make them. And they are actually, uh, they're still a handmade piece. And people are right now going, machine it, you know. Um, no. It's actually really, really cool uh, that the tie, they still make these. Um, I believe his dad is involved with the making of these things. And that's what makes him badass. And I can tell because normally if it was a, like a machine type made, um, you would notice certain things like uniformity because usually, you know, a machine is told to strike this many times at this much pressure uh, and, and done. And so, or the stamping or whatever it is, you know, you want to get it done in one movement. Well, if you, if you go through these tools and you feel them, you can tell that there are areas where they're not quote unquote, even where there's a little bit of a bump or something that you can feel that you wouldn't feel normally. So these things are hand built. Um, and that's what makes them badass because they are forged They're However, their process is they don't bend. Um, and they're gnarly like a badass aluminum handle. They're a little bit longer, so it's easier to get leverage on it. Um, which is not, I repeat, which is not a, uh, a crutch for poor form. You need to know how to do this or you're going to be bending wheels, marring wheels, doing that kind of stuff. So I don't know how to do it. I'm just saying that's what you need to know. And I'm looking forward to learning it. Uh, and again, venturing into the land of mooses. So we'll see there. But anyway, yeah. So it was great talking to him, uh, finding out about the tools and all that, uh, the things that he, you know, what goes into what we think is just basically a metal stick with an aluminum handle. Um, and then talking about the lube uh, for the mooses, uh, and getting those set up properly. Uh, there's, you know, it, it's awesome. It's always a great conversation talking with him. And, and not only that, the amount of like help and assistance that he gives to people that, you know, are, are within there, that they've got a following that he goes out, uh, he goes to the races, he still races, he still does this thing, his kids doing it. So, uh, still very active out there, but not only that is able to, share knowledge, 
help people set up, help people be competitive, you know, and that was really, really awesome. So I, you know, again, I enjoyed, uh, talking to him, working with him and, you know, and just, uh, finding out a little bit more. I mean, I bought, uh, did the tire spoons, did the, uh, the, his, uh, tire lube that he uses or the moose lube that he uses, uh, got some of that. And then, uh, also that was really cool. A, uh, a very well-known part from him is the, uh, shark fin for the back, um, of the bikes. This is the part that goes down and pr- helps protect the rear disc. Um, again, I don't ride at like an enduro level where a lot of rocks and stuff like that come flying, but I err on the side of better safe than sorry. So that is most definitely a better safe than sorry purchase. Um, and obviously it's, you know, okay. It looks cool sitting there, whatever. <laughs> So that is the, uh, that is the plan. So, uh, I don't know what else, uh, what else we got? We got that one, made it back in record time. I mean, it was, uh, the traffic was very, very interesting. Uh, coming back, it was like a parking lot, but it was really cool. I got to do some back roads, uh, find a new way of getting down into, uh, the 15 and avoiding a lot of the traffic, uh, which was kind of awesome, especially cause it was really, really bad. And of course it was Friday night. So what do you expect? I was, I was thinking everybody's headed to Vegas, right? You know, Hey, Friday night, let's go to Vegas. And no, everybody apparently was on their way back to San Diego or variations thereof. So, uh, I spoke with gnarly Dave just before I got into the area a couple hours before, and he was saying it was bad. And when I got there, it was not any better. So, uh, thankfully I was able to, uh, stop off, had some stuff to do and then, uh, and then swing back around the other end. Um, so yeah, so that was good. Made it home, got everything done. Suspension has been swapped out. 790 is, is in its final iteration of, as it's going to be sold, trying to get that bike going because I want another bike. Um, I do want another bike. Uh, I would like to get something for uh, Papa taco to be able to ride as well. So we could go do some, some basics, uh, just cruise around and uh but not you know not sure i mean part of me i I, sometimes i don't like the internet i really sometimes don't uh i saw a ktm 690 enduro headlight mask rally light setup i'm pretty sure they stretched the travel on it because it looked a little taller than normal and i'm just like oh god it looks good I wonder if he would ride the 500 and I could get a 701 and do the same. It just looked, it just looked spicy. It just, that bike just looks so good. And then, and then it reminded me of, um, the Rottweiler guys, Rottweiler performance. Uh, they were building a Baja 690. So I don't know. I'm going to check in with Chris and see where that project is and how that's going. I know that they've been doing a lot of stuff. They've been super busy. So, uh, not definitely. And, and interesting enough, the world we live in, uh, I go to list, uh, I got to list the bike and of course I got Rottweiler goodies on there, right? The intake, the master cylinder guard, the trans saver, the, the triple clamps, which is jewelry, um, tapered bearing setup, all of that, you know, then I, th- I think built that bike is built solid. I think I've got a really solid build on it. Uh, even in its watered down form, I think it's still a solid build, but as I'm going through that, I listed, I put, Oh, you know, Rottweiler performance and all that stuff. I listed on Facebook marketplace. And next thing I know, I've got a warning. It says your, your post goes against community guidelines. Here's your wrist slap or actually not wrist slap. They literally did not post my ad because it said Rottweiler performance in there. 
not because it said Rottweiler performance. I think it's just simply because of the word Rottweiler. So what kind of shady crap are people doing on Facebook marketplace that it is basically censoring the word Rottweiler on it? It literally was a warning for animal. Like, I, I don't know. Is it, is it, I'm, I'm going to assume it's puppy mills and, and all sorts of other crap. I was like, dude, chill. Let's, you know, so I don't know. You know, part of me says marketplace needs to chill a little bit and read the ads a little more. Um, or, you know, society as a whole maybe needs to chill a little bit with doing this, you know, stuff. I don't know. I don't know. We'll have to figure it out. But anyway, so I, I, I don't know. 701 would be spicy. What would be spicier would be a pair of Covey's. Hmm. <sighs> Maybe I need to start printing money. No, that's illegal. Never mind. Can't do that. Um, huh. Very interesting. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, you know, actually thinking about it, yeah, Covey would be, the Covey actually meets the the requirement a little better, right? The, their, their rally, not the pro version, but just the standard adventure model, um, I feel like meets the criteria a little better as far as that goes because we can go um, pretty much anywhere. I mean, the bike has eight gallons on it. Yeah, you know, uh, are you going to want to do 80 miles an hour up the coast on that highway like that? No, but uh, are you going to go do a peninsula run on this bike? Yeah, absolutely. Um, And then the availability of parts and things like that as they come through uh, and as the knowledge gets out there. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of about that bike. Plus the entry cost entry barrier of that bike. You know, you could get a brand new Covey uh, 450 for the price of a used 701 690 a and when i mean used i mean used bike not the not the trailer princess not the i bought it and it was you know uh it's it just too much bike for me and it's got 15 miles on the odometer not that bike that that bike is still selling for you know north of 10k and then some the ones that you're finding now that are like 701 690s at least here in this neck of the woods uh you know yeah they're they're in that like 8k range um but obviously they've got some miles on it the one bike i was looking at was like killer deals just under 7k but you know, i read the thing and it's already uh uh it's already had the top end done on it it's got a ton of miles on it the bike is clean though so it looks like it was probably used for commuting and built along my style look you know looks good sitting there does some commuting didn't look like it had a lot of off-road miles on it so yeah i don't know we'll see uh, we'll see, but I think, uh, I mean, on being honest, push comes to shove. I think it is going to be, uh, the Coveys. So we'll see, but anyway, all right, that is enough for today. I have got to get on the road, head over to work. So you guys will be listening to this at 10 o'clock in the morning. Hope everybody's got their caffeine in hand or whatever you do in the morning, whatever your morning routine is lemon water with a little bit of uh, lemon flavored tofu air, whatever it is that you drink in the mornings uh, to wake you up. I hope it is a good morning. If you're out riding tag us, I want to live vicariously through you guys as I'm nailing away at the keyboard, uh, making things happen at the nine to five. So hope everybody has a good weekend. Remember, it'll make sense when you get there. Enjoy the ride.
What's going on, guys? Victor with the Chasing Waypoints podcast. All right. Are you looking to promote your brand to a worldwide audience on the podcast? Drop us a line at podcast at chasingwaypoints.com and let's talk. See what we can do about getting you some more ears for your company and getting the word out worldwide. All right. That is a wrap for the Chasing Waypoints podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed the show. Looking forward to our next one coming up. Remember, if you are out riding, do not forget to tag us at Chasing Waypoints. Hashtag Chasing Waypoints. And if you haven't already, get on over to the website. Get signed up for the newsletter, The Bivouac. North America's Rally Raid and Adventure Riding newsletter hey let's have some fun let's find out what are you guys up to let's get you featured if you're a brand and looking to get supported get some eyeballs get some ears on your business absolutely hit us up send us a message at podcast at chasing waypoints but anyway that is a wrap remember shiny side up see you guys